0: a side b side what side are you on well welcome back to another episode of a side b side podcast how's it going adam
1: it is going very well brooke how are you
0: um really well so um literally as we were logging on i was watching the most recent episode of this is us and i As you like logged in and said, hello, I like screamed (laughs) because of the ending of the show. And so I apologize for that.
1: Oh, that's okay. Usually when I show up, people are very excited. So (laughs) the the phrase you yelled is is something that is yelled at me a lot. So
0: So, um, I watched, I think I told you last week, I was watching mayor of East town and whoa. Oh my gosh, is it good?
1: Yeah, I uh, I've heard really good things, and it seems like it's the hot show right now. That everyone is, it's got the buzz, and everyone's kind of like sharing about it. And it's the I don't I don't know that like anybody's going to the water cooler right now because everyone's still working from home, but the virtual water cooler topic is definitely uh, Mayor v step. So
0: it is. Okay, so I have had people telling me for weeks and weeks and weeks you need to watch it, and then like, I first of all the name Mayor, I'm thinking it's something with horses, and I'm like, what is this horse show? People want me to watch? Like, I what what? I don't want to watch. I got this. time
1: for another horse show in my
0: life. <laughs> I got enough horse shows on my plate. But um, and and then it's Kate Winslet, and I'm like, Kate Winslet in a horse show? No, I really don't want to watch this. But it's it's not a a sequel
1: to Titanic,
0: right? She gets off the boat. You know, she's on the board. She gets off the boat, and now she's raising horses. And I I can't do that.
1: No spoiler progression.
0: (laughs) Spoiler though, it's not about horses at all. Or Titanic. Or Titanic. So um, that's really good. If you are a fan of 80 Bryant from Saturday Night Live, there's another show on Hulu called Shrill, which is really good. It's it just the second season dropped and they have all the episodes. And that's a really quick watch because each episode is like 22 minutes. So I, I like, okay. and there's only like eight episodes. So I, I think I smashed out an episode in like a day.
1: Oh, nice. That's not bad. Or a season in a day or an episode? I
0: mean, a, a season. Sorry. Yeah.
1: I, I was like, you that you really stretched out that
0: episode. <laughs> I watched it for a minute. Pause. Yeah. Did something. Watched something else. <laughs> no. no. That's impressive. A, a season. I, I watched the second season in a day.
1: I've heard uh, very good things, both of them. Uh, Mary of Easttown, is like a murder mystery, right? Yes. Okay. Which is kind of my jam. So I really probably should, I probably subscribe to whatever HBO, I don't know, I think I let that I'm last. sure you do. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> probably do. Uh, I need to get one of those, like, online things that you sign up for and it tells you all the subscriptions you have going on. Because
0: you got a bunch.
1: I do. I got too many. And, then and It seems like every week I find a topic, like my topic this week led me to Another show that I had to rent With everything that
0: you stream Oh, I was going to say With everything that you stream You had to rent it But okay, that makes sense If it's not on any of the streaming services Yeah, it's
1: not Yeah, so I had to go to Amazon again So Uh, I got to stop that Because I'm already paying plenty of money To just focus on stuff I'm already watching
0: (laughs) Did you check the shows like Crackle Or the services like Crackle and Tubi?
1: I don't I am not familiar with Crackle and Tubi.
0: Because they're which, free. I mean,
1: that could literally be a streaming service. It could be a new musical group I'm not aware of. Uh, just, I have no idea what Crackle and Tubi are.
0: So Crackle and Tubi, they're both free apps, but you have to watch ads.
1: Oh, that's, I mean, half the stuff, like I, I have like the Hulu where you're still at the commercials. Oh, so okay. that's not even, yeah, that's not even, that's not, I don't know. I'm one of those weird people that I still kind of like commercials.
0: I mean, they pay my rent on the radio, so... I mean, I like commercials, but, too, but I just don't want to watch them all the time.
1: <laughs> That's fair. And, and the weird thing about those streaming services is it feels like there are less... There's less diversity in commercials, so it's like the same five commercials. Oh,
0: my gosh. I was literally talking about that today with someone. You see the exact same three to five commercials... Every yeah. time, uh,
1: there's like uh, there's one. I think it's AT and T with uh, oh, what's her name uh, the the lady who was w- was on the commercials. And then she went away, and now she's back. She's like the flow of oh uh, uh, yeah, because she
0: stopped doing them because she was getting like so many harassing comments. Which it's like, come yeah. on, leave her alone. She's a phone lady.
1: When I heard that, like the only reason she came back is she now has more like she's directing some of the commercials as well so she gets to like and
0: she's behind a desk
1: and she and she can do like and but and she says like that's part of like the reason she came back is they gave her more control uh so it wasn't like putting her on display but even then people are like freaking out
0: yeah i saw that your ted lasso is getting another season
1: yeah uh, it, people have picked it up and it, it's it's more than just soccer fans it's just it's you don't even have to like like soccer at all to to enjoy the series I highly recommend it
0: okay all right well i think that's all my i think that's all my shows for the week i'm i'm i am going to i think I'm pretty positive I'm gonna venture out this weekend because A Quiet Place Two comes out, and I've been waiting for that. And it was supposed to come out the week that everything shut down last year, so it's been like another year plus some months. So I, I think mm-hmm. I may venture to the theaters and watch that this weekend.
1: I it I've I can't do scary movies. I gotta yeah. This is our our podcast is scary enough, but I've heard I've still never seen A Quiet Place the first one, but I've heard it was incredibly well done.
0: It was, and that, I didn't I didn't like, find suspense. it scary. I didn't find it scary. I, it was suspenseful. I didn't find it scary. But you well, may. You may. Yeah, I, you, yeah. you can't take quite as much. I mean, I can't take a whole lot, but I can take more than you, so.
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been really into documentaries lately, and because I paid for QB last year and barely watched anything, now that it's on Roku, it's like, oh, this is free to everyone else, but I can actually watch the stuff that I paid for a year ago. <laughs> and didn't end up watching uh so i was uh working through the uh documentary on the like rise and fall of american apparel and i i like completely missed It, it happened in like 2015 2016 where like the complete collapse of american apparel i guess uh and i missed the entire story so it's been very interesting to to kind of learn anything, the only first time I discovered American Apparel was work is when I was working for a restaurant and the w- clothes I had to wear were like I had to go to American Apparel and buy these certain you know items as my work uniform, uh, and that yeah. was the first time I had ever heard of American Apparel, um, and so I was I was very late to the game and evidently also very late to the uh, demise, but it's been very interesting. It's kind of another one of those kind of similar to the one they did on uh, WeWork, which was also really good. Uh, So I've always shied away from documentaries, but I guess if they're in seven-minute bite-sized pieces, I like them. Mm -hmm. So that's been really good. And then uh, I've been watching on Disney Plus while waiting for the new Loki series to start. In May, they have uh, a new Star Wars cartoon called The Bad Batch. And I have always been a little hesitant with the Star Wars cartoons because they felt really kid-oriented, uh, and you know, like, nah, I wasn't the target audience. Uh, and this one, I've actually been really impressed. It's it's certainly a lot more. It's definitely well, teens if 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 kid-focused. So it's it's been quite good. So that's getting me through. But I'm super excited about Loki, and we're like what like two weeks away from Loki.
0: Yes. There's a bunch of stuff coming out. Um, I just saw a preview for a, a show. Um, let me get it right. It's like Kevin Can F Off, I think it's called. Oh, okay. And, and it's got so if you've watched Shids Creek, you know, um, oh, what is her name? So David, it's the the, the family, you know, Shid's Creek. Have you watched Shids mm-hmm. Creek? I okay. have yes. Okay, so David's sister is uh Alexis Alexis yeah so Annie Murphy who plays Alexis is actually the star of this new show and it's kind of it's like they take the sitcom genre and kind of like you know Kevin uh, Kevin can wait and King of Queens and all these things and they kind of flip it on its head mm. um because you know like uh, Kevin can f himself that's what it's called okay So basically it's, (laughs) it looks really funny because, you know, in the sitcoms, like with Kevin James, he's like the big goober and he's got this hot wife and she does everything she can to make him happy. And so it's, it's like a secret, it's a look at the secret life of a sitcom wife. Like you have like the sitcom element of it. And then it kind of shows you like what she's really thinking and feeling. And she kind of goes off the rails and it looks freaking fantastic.
1: So does it all take place Within the sitcom, so it's kind of like the stuff you wouldn't see in the episode, or that's what it it looks. The the character or the
0: actor? No, it looks like it's the character in the sitcom. So, like the sitcom itself is like real bright and shiny, like a sitcom would be. But then that same character, it gets real dark, and you see like what she's really thinking. And like her name is Allison, so you see Allison when it gets a little bit darker it's allison's real thoughts and like she like there's one scene where in the sitcom he says something really stupid to her and she it goes dark and she breaks a bottle with her hand and she like appears to like stab him with the bottle and then it goes back to the sitcom and he's like oh look at you uh hercules or whatever and and you know she kind of laughs it off but you can tell the sitcom life is just it's grating away at her
1: interesting that's yeah cool. so one of my one of my favorite uh plays and then which was in, made into a movie it's called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead and it does the same thing with two minor characters from Hamlet and so it's basically like because they're in like three th- scenes in Hamlet but it's like showing what they're like just kind of killing time in between scenes and like their scenes don't make a whole lot of sense they're just there to like push certain plot points forward so they mm-hmm. just kind of show up at various points mm-hmm. uh so but, but it's really interesting because it's like what are these characters doing when they're not on stage or in, as we know them so that sounds uh very cool
0: yeah it's supposed to start it's going to be like on amc i think it is and it okay. starts on june 13th so i'm and there's eight episodes so i'm i'm kind of really excited to see it because she's annie murphy is a good actress she's
1: really good yeah so. she and she was like a breakout star from Shit's yes yes
0: And she got like Emmy, she got, she won an Emmy for it. So yeah. Yeah. I think it'll Mm. be really good.
1: Well, and that whole, like, I love that journey for you. Like that phrase has become like everywhere. I know. Like people who don't use it, don't even know it's from a show, but like, it's a like meme type of of thing. Yeah. that's, That's when you know you've like really made it big.
0: So my daughter has started watching Schitt's Creek and I'm like watching it with her and I'm like, oh, I remember that episode. Oh, I remember that episode. Oh yeah, that was a good episode.
1: <laughs> it's good enough that you can you can watch it like over. It's, it's one of those shows that like, I think we'll be able, people will like go back and rewatch. Like you, know, you hear about people rewatching like, you know, Friends or The Office or Parks and Rec. Yeah. Or, you know, for me, it's white collar and leverage, but. You know, like, those, or um, uh, what is the, oh, Psych, another one that, that I've watched a whole bunch, but you can just do, just drop in at any point and they're just enjoyable episodes.
0: Did you see um, that Leverage is getting resurrected?
1: Yes, uh, without... Um, Timothy... Uh, Timothy uh, Hutton. Yeah. Uh, but of course, um, what's his name from ER? Um, Noah Wiley. Yes, is is taking up the role because it's produced by Dean Devlin, who did all the uh, the Librarian series. So like those two have worked together a ton. So it was just the natural person to come come in when Hutton left. But yeah, I'm excited. About that one's going to be on like IMDb or something.
0: Yes, yes, IMDb TV.
1: Yeah, and there's another Psych movie that's going to be out next uh, fall, and Dule Hill from from Psych is gonna be in the reboot of The Wonder Years.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's about a black family in what, Chicago or Atlanta?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that that that's he's he's so good. Like he was in the West Wing. He's been in a ton of stuff. Oh it, like it almost felt like he his like I love psych, it was really good, but like he is such a talented actor you could feel like it was kind of like dude you could be doing more.
0: Yeah I, I agree Dulé Hill is um is really good. So I think um we got a lot of stuff to look forward to
1: yeah it's it seems like there was you know like we've had this kind of pause over the last year and there's been a lot of stuff that's come out but it feels just like in the last couple weeks like there's a new chris pratt action movie coming out and then uh called like the tomorrow war where he like goes into the future and then there's like fast nine is coming out and uh there's another like uh Like zombie movie with like David Bautista. It's just it kind of feels like summer blockbuster season is coming back, so that's exciting.
0: It is. It really is. I'm I I'm in. I'm nervous about going, but I'm I'm gonna have my mask, and I I will sit in the back if I need to, so I can have my popcorn because it's just not the same without popcorn so or nachos.
1: Well, yeah, and and the giant like I always get the slushy, you know, like the like the blue raspberry. So I look like oh, a smurf when I come
0: out. Yeah. Right, right, right.
1: <laughs> so up so up here in Minnesota at AMC Theaters, you can like when you get your tickets, you get to like see like the whole map of like, like who else is uh like what other seats are taken. And at least with AMC on the map, there's always like a bunch of spots that are marked marked off where you can't like you can't get a ticket for those seats. Yeah. So it's like you can sit and then when you when you click on it. It like adjusts, like saying, okay, now the two seats on your left and, they, and they are not available. So that's kind of cool.
0: We do that when we go home with and see movies with my mom because they have an AMC there. So yeah. you get to pick so them out. I, and then they've got like the loungy chairs, which are really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the ones that, that like recline just a little too much. So like if this is a boring movie, I might fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. Which never a good thing. You don't want to be the guy who falls asleep.
0: So, I right, we, um, I guess we got sidetracked because we have a podcast to do. <laughs> and this is episode 46, which means you get to start this week.
1: I do. And I am very excited because each week it seems like uh, something in... My life impacts what I'm going to do, and this week it was a very obvious impact because I again totally changed what I was going to talk about. Uh, I have been reading uh, the first novel that the Netflix show Shadow and Bone has been is uh, Shadow and Bone. Yeah, I saw been, your book post on. about
0: it.
1: Yeah, and I so I was gonna do like a like a book review, like Welcome to Book Club. Uh, and I still got to do that down the line. Uh, but I had a little, um, adventure last night, which led to a train of thought, which got me to today's topic, but I can't, uh, go into that topic without telling about my adventure from last night. Okay. So I, uh, have been not using a car for, uh, two and a half months now. And in The Twin Cities here, we have lime scooters, little, you know, electric scooters that can help you buzz around from place to place. And I I only work a half mile from home. So sometimes I'll hop on a lime scooter and buzz around. And I'm using it like, you know, maybe three, four times a week. And I was like, man, you know what? I, I see people pick these up and charge them. And late at night here in Twin Cities, you'll see like some guy in a pickup truck will be driving around and like just fill in the back of his truck with Lime scooters and then taking them home and charging them and you get paid for charging them. And I'm like, okay, this makes too much sense. I like ride the Lime scooter home at the end of a day. It's usually like, you know, 10, 10, 30. And then I can just take it upstairs into my apartment, plug it in and I will get, credit that i could then use tomorrow so then it becomes a zero-sum game i'm like not spending anything on the scooters and i'm getting rewarded for charging them so what a great idea wait
0: ha- wait so you use it you pay to use it but then when you charge it you get your money back
1: you get i mean you get uh like up anywhere between like 375 to like 450 for charging overnight and since my rides only lets you know couple of minutes because i'm not going very far my average cost is about two bucks so i was like okay if i charge one of these overnight then i'm gonna get two free rides out of it and that's a great way to save money however i needed to do a little bit more research before i decided to do this okay um i went online and i said okay i want to become a Lime Scooter Juicer, which is the term of the people who uh, pick them up and then plug them in and charge them overnight. So you can't, so I, anyone
0: can't just take it and take it overnight.
1: Right. You got it. You got to like sign up and you go through the, the app and you like you give them a bunch of information so they know who you are and so they can pay you. And so I got that all set up and then I'm like, okay, now we need a charger because obviously it's not just going to be like plug it into the wall. It doesn't have like a cord on it or anything. It's a specific charger that you so I went to Amazon and I down, I like searched for lime scooter chargers and I bought one and I've been waiting for it to show up and it showed up uh, last week and I got it all unpacked everything and it's you know it looks just like a little you know like charger like a computer power cord it's like not a huge setup. I'm like, okay, cool, perfect. I will just you know plug this lime scooter in. So last night I'm riding home and I stop and it just happened that the scooter I was on, within like 50 feet of my destination started to shut off because that scooter was completely out of battery mm-hmm. and i was like how perfect i've been wanting to try to charge one of these here i am with a dead scooter directly in front of my building so all i have to do is open up the app say i'm going to charge it and then take it upstairs and plug it in mm-hmm. it's super easy right so I get into the app, I scan the thing. It's like, okay, you are now in charge of this. You need to charge it overnight and then drop it off at this location, which is like two blocks away from my house. So I'm like, perfect. This is going to work out great. I take the, the Lime scooter in go up the elevator. A little weird because it's got the light on the entire time. So I'm like walking it through the hallway with, the, with the, the headlight on. And I'm like, please, nobody come out of their apartment. This is really weird. I'm walking through the hallway, get to my apartment, get it all set up, take it to my bathroom where I've got the charger all set get ready to plug it in and the charger is not the official lime charger so it doesn't work oh no i was like oh adam come on you went you went to amazon and you just assumed that when the lime when the thing said this will charge lime scooters you just assumed that that was true without like doing any other research so i had like the right voltage but the the thing that plugged into the scooter wasn't right So I was like, okay, live and learn, Adam. Silly, silly. So I go into the app. I say, I'm I'm no longer charging this. I have the wrong charger. And then I'm going to take it back downstairs. Well, when you turn off the charging aspect and then you decide to move an unactivated Lime scooter, it sets off an alarm. Oh. Which starts out slow, like a little beep. Beep, beep. And the more you move it, the louder the beep gets. So I started moving it out of my bathroom and it starts to go beep a little bit. I'm like, uh oh, I better get it outside quick. I go out into the hallway and it starts to go off even louder. I get about halfway down the hallway as it's blaring by this point. And I'm like, just waiting for my neighbors to come flying out, trying to figure out what alarm is going off in the building. And should we evacuate get halfway down the staircase? And again, I can't, you know, I'm, running and I'm carrying this lime scooter so it looks like I'm trying to steal it which according to the (laughs) lime scooter I am and I'm in the stairwell now so it is echoing and echoing and echoing and echoing and I'm just like oh this is so horrible all my neighbors are gonna hate me I get halfway down the stairs and I realize in my haste I don't have keys which means if I go outside I can't get back into the building. So now I am left with the do I run back upstairs carrying the Lime scooter and grab my keys or do I leave the Lime scooter in the stairwell and sprint back to my room to get my keys. So I figured it would be faster if I just left it in the stairwell. So I leave it in the stairwell and I go running back to my apartment, dive into my apartment. My dog is very confused as to what's going on. She's barking at me because, one, there's this beeping that she doesn't understand. And why am I running? Because I'd never run. And why am I leaving again? Sprint back out the door, run back to the the stairwell, where at this point, the sound that the Lime scooter is making sounds like a Mack truck is backing up in our stairwell. And it is echoing because it's got six floors. So it is echoing up and down the stairwell. I run downstairs, I grab it, I get all the way outside, I get it stationary, it finally stops beeping, I've got my keys, I get back inside. And the first thing that is running through my head is the phrase, the best laid plans of mice and men soon go asunder. Mm -hmm. Because I had this great plan where I was gonna make money or at least save money by charging it. And everything went wrong. And I probably am going to get a call from the building uh, today. I was like, I'm, I know the building's gonna call and be like, what was that all about? Uh, luckily they did not. But then I said, well, wait a second. This phrase, the best laid plans of men and mice go asunder. I, where did that even come from? Why, why is that in my head? And so I started to research it and I had this story that I kept thinking of that my father had told me about this movie uh, and a book that he had watched when he was a kid. And I knew it had something to do with a mouse and it was about plans going super badly. And so I decided, okay, I gotta figure this out because maybe this phrase is from that show. So I started to look up the phrase and the phrase itself I find out is from a poem by Robert Burns from 1785. Uh, there is an English-like uh, adaptation, uh, which I knew, which was the plans, uh, the best life plans of Men and Mice Go Asunder. Uh, it is actually a Scottish uh, poem, and I cannot even attempt uh, to, in the dialect, read the original Scottish poem. And I was like, there's no way this is what I was thinking of. So I just started to do a little bit more uh, investigation, and that led me to... Of Mice and Men, which was a novella by John Steinbeck. And I was like, well, is that it? I was, no, it's about two displaced migrant workers who were searching for new jobs in the Great Depression. It sure sounds like the grapes of wrath. And like, nope, that's not it. So I keep looking. And I finally found the story that I was thinking of that I had been told by my father when I was a kid. And it was called The Mouse That Roared. So The Mouse That Roared was a novel from 1955 by Irish-American writer Leonard Wiberly. And it was a satire about this this small, tiny country in Europe and how its plans uh, completely backfired and then to their uh, benefit actually turned out even better. So the story is... In 1950, or in the post World War II Europe, there's this small country that is struggling because it only has one export and that is a certain type of wine. And the Americans uh, decide to make a knockoff version. So uh, the wine was originally called the Pinot Grand Fenwick from the European Duchy of Grand Fenwick, which is a tiny country, a total of three miles by five miles. They are uh, go up against a California winery who makes a knockout version of this wine. And suddenly no one will buy the wine, the original wine, and the entire country is in the verge of bankruptcy. So they decide their best laid plan is that their only course of action is to declare war on the United States.
0: Ah.
1: So their thought was, you know, after... Seeing what happened in Europe because the end of World War II, the Marshall Plan basically completely rebuilt Germany. So they're like, "Well, we'll declare war on America. They'll defeat us super quickly because we'll just we'll just we'll just say you know we give up, and then they'll give us money to rebuild our country because we were at war." Not a horrible plan, except once they declare war, nobody knows. They send a declaration to the United States State Department, and it gets lost on somebody's desk, and so. The U.S. doesn't even know that they're at war with this tiny country. The tiny country then decides to invade, uh, send an invading army to New York, which is about 20 people. Uh, It's the field marshal Tully Bascom and three men at arms and 20 longbowmen, because this country is still using bow and arrows as their uh, defense mechanism. They do not have guns. They do not have tanks or any of that. Uh, they show up in New York and through a series of misadventures end up finding uh, a, you know, the weapon that is kind of like the next nuclear weapon. Uh, and because New York city isn't paying attention, they end up stealing this weapon and becoming the, the basically the ruler of the world because they have the one uh, complete uh, it's the nuclear option, but even above the nuclear option, it's called the quad, the cube bomb. Uh, so these guys with their great plans where they were going to just declare war and then get out of bankruptcy, end up becoming the leaders of the free world, of the entire world because they stole a bomb from the US. It is a very absurd story. And of course it was made into an absolutely absurd movie that you can only find on uh, certain services by paying for it. I found it on Amazon for $2.99. It's also on Direct TV. It's on YouTube, Voodoo, Google Play. And as any great satire from the 40s, 50s, and into the 60s, that is over the top and ridiculous. It stars Peter Sellers. He plays three different roles. Uh, it only lasts about 80 minutes. Uh, it is over the top, goofy, silly. If you've ever seen any other Peter Sellers stuff um, and you like weird satire and things that are super over the top and just sort of that, you know, Dr. Strange Love, Pink Panther uh, feel where things shouldn't be working out. Uh, the best way that that I would ever ever describe like the Pink Panther and the whole Peter Sellers thing is like he was Mr. Bean way before Mr. Bean whereas like Mr. Bean if, if you don't know the, the character Mr. Bean is an English uh, actor who uh, uh, it's a British sitcom Rowan first. Atkinson, Rowan Atkinson um, yeah who he's one of those guys even if you don't know the name as soon as you see him like oh that guy he's been in tons of stuff uh, he Peter Sellers and Pink Panther were Mr. Beanford. And this was very much in that sort of, not quite cringe comedy, but over the top, there's some slapstick to it. It's very absurd. And in making up for my horrible plan of trying to become a lime scooter juicer, I ended up then ending last night by watching uh, The Mouse That Roared and it actually was totally worth the embarrassment and absurdity that i exhibited uh, i felt very peter sellers like with running around with the especially alarm diving scooter. into your
0: diving into your uh, house to get a key
1: oh yeah and the dog and then me like running up and down the stairs carrying a scooter and it going off uh, it was the perfect uh, end of that adventure was to watch the mouse that wore roared by peter sellers uh, so if you're looking for something madcap and uh, you've never experienced Peter Sellers or you have and you've never seen The Mouse That Roared, I highly recommend it. And in continuing with my book theme, I have now uh, been searching to find the original novel so we can add The Mouse That Roared, the novel, to the books that Adam will someday finish and, re- and re- review on the A side. So uh, two things to take away from this. Becoming a Lime Scooter juicer is way more complicated than you think, and you should definitely contact Lime to get the correct charger before you wake up your entire apartment building at 11 o'clock at night with a screaming uh, Lime Scooter that is acting like you stole it. And definitely go check out The Mouse That Roared, either the sat- trickle, uh, satirical novel by Leonard Wibberley, or the Peter Sellers movie uh, that came out in 1959.
0: Speaking of Peter Sellers, he's in a bunch of other stuff that um, people might recognize. Like, um, well, of course, Pink Panther, Revenge of Pink Panther, but he's in Murder by mm-hmm. Death. He's in um, The Optimist. There's also Rowan and Martin's Laughing. He made a, a couple appearances on there. Um, there's one more that I'm trying to remember. Uh, Dr. Strangelove.
1: Yeah, it's probably the one that people know best for Uh, the the one of the cool things about the movie is often he plays multiple characters so in the in this the mouse that roared he plays three characters uh and i'm trying to get to the right page here because i am good at internet things and i clicked on something now i'm watching a commercial uh he plays three different characters in the movie Uh, and I cannot find any of them because I'm super good at this. (laughs) Oh, here we go. No. Uh, uh, Yes, he plays uh, the Duchess Gloriana, Count Rupert Monjoy, the Prime Minister, and Tully Baskin, the leader, of the invasion force that goes to New York. So not only uh, is he excellent in it, you get to see him in three different characters, and he is very good at crafting completely different characters uh, and very very over the top. So highly recommended uh, if you are a fan of satire, madcap, silliness, and Peter Sellers.
0: All right. So there you go. Is that the A-side?
1: That is the A-side, Yep. And as far as I know, there have been no official noise complaints filed on my behalf, so uh, we're going to call that a win. (laughs)
0: a man goes on a rampage with a samurai sword in quebec city under the full moon on halloween night two deadly women plot to extort a friend for money and a grisly dexter style murder plot in portugal tune in to murder murder news every friday for the wildest true crime cases making headlines each week check out murder murder news on youtube and instagram all right so adam for the b-side this week last week you actually said hey i've got a story and you submitted a story like anybody can do. They can submit a story by emailing us at B-side, podcasts at gmail.com. And um, I was kind of surprised because it's from your hometown. You didn't want to do a swap episode again? You didn't want to cover it?
1: No, because remember when I did the swap episode, like <laughs> by the end of that episode, because I'd done so much research into this case, I was like, I was in a bad place emotionally. <laughs> so I was like, I like, you gotta have the right uh, mental fortitude to uh, dive into these details, and uh,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: I, I, I submit to your your much better, stronger fortitude for these types of things.
0: <laughs> well, you. This is actually a story from your area. Uh, it was a long-standing unsolved case until, well, quite recently. This is the story of the fur kisses. So Heidi Furcus, born Heidi M. Erickson in St. Paul about 1985, was, by her friends, considered this bright, beaming light. Heidi graduated from Roseville Area High School in 2003. Is that close to you, Adam? Uh,
1: actually, if I had gone to public high school, that is the high school I would have gone to. In okay. fact, we would we would have been classmates had I gone to that school.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: I I would have been, I would have been a senior when she was a freshman.
0: Okay. So she then went on to the university of Northwestern in Roseville. And so I'm guessing that's very close to you as well.
1: Yeah. Right down the road. Yeah. I played, I played soccer on their fields many times in high school and college.
0: Okay. So while she was in college, um, or a little bit before she actually met Nick at church, but, um, So she was really active in church at the Calvary Church in Roseville and that's where she met her to-be-husband, Nick. The two of them served as youth group leaders and fell in love and married in the church in 2003. I mean, excuse me, 2005. Heidi's friends described her as an artist who enjoyed dinner parties, watching rom-coms and spending time in the outdoors. They said she lived her life to the fullest. In an interview with TwinCities.com, Her friend, Jesse Bain, uh, who'd been friends with Heidi since they were teammates on the same school basketball team in elementary school, said she just unapologetically was excited about life and loved life. She saw the best in people. So on Sunday, April 25th of 2010, at approximately 6.30 a.m., 911 receives a frantic call from Heidi Fergus. This call lasts for 38 seconds. Now, Adam, I only had a week, so I'm hoping, uh, amongst hopes for Heidi's sake, for her family's sake, and for everybody in your area, that I do this story justice. So, this call lasted 38 seconds. Heidi reported that somebody was trying to break into her house, and she gave her address. Then there was a loud scream, and someone screamed no, according to 911 transcripts. Then the line disconnects. The operator tries unsuccessfully to call back and reach Heidi. A minute later, Nick calls 911, Heidi's husband. He told them that he heard someone break into their house on Minnehaha. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, They live on Minnehaha, and he said that he woke Heidi and told her to run to the garage. So according to transcripts, this is his call. He says, help me, please, please. Someone just broke into our house and shot me and my wife. Nick is then heard sobbing uncontrollably and saying, oh, my Heidi, my wife is dead. Please get here. He's also heard shouting no repeatedly. Nick tells the 911 operator that uh, he and his wife were in the kitchen and that again, that he had been shot and the 911 operator, he had been shot in the left thigh and groin during the call. The operator says, is the person that shot you still there? He says, no. What race is he? He says, I don't know. The operator says, do you remember what he was wearing? Nick says, no, maybe a sweatshirt. The operator says, did you shoot back? He replies, no. Quick side note, that's probably the most American question I've ever heard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about cases from all over. Yeah. That is the, the most f- American the question. First,
1: and that's the first time in all of these you know, discussions where like where we've talked about stuff all over the world. It's the first time the I one operator on their list of questions is Did you shoot back?
0: That was when I read that I was like. Wow, this is America. (laughs) I mean, it's a
1: fair question. I mean, we got more guns here than anybody.
0: You're right. You're right. It is a very fair question here in the States. So when police arrive, Heidi was unresponsive and Nick was still on the phone with 911. Nick describes the unsub, the unknown subject, as a male of unknown race, six feet to six feet, two inches tall, between 200 and 220 pounds, wearing a dark hooded sweatshirt. He told police that he woke up to get some water from the bathroom and that's when he heard said person breaking in. Nick also told the police that he struggled with the unsub, the gun went off, and that the bullet hit Heidi in the back. Nick was taken to the hospital and released about three hours later. So about three weeks after Heidi's death, a composite sketch of the attacker was released with some updated information added to the attacker's description was the fact that he was between 40 and 60 years old and that he was black now if you don't know the case of charles stewart in boston in 1989 i suggest you look that one up because that feels real similar
1: okay
0: um just quick spoiler charles stewart killed his wife and blamed it on a black male an unknown black male so the sketch was released by nick's attorney joe friedberg who had hired a private artist to draw the sketch joe the attorney also noted that while nick spoke to the police initially on the day of the attack while he was in the hospital you know at the house and at the hospital Mm -hmm. that he had not spoken to them again because he had quote provided them all the information they could possibly that he could possibly provide them with which I don't know that that's true because in that moment, you're in shock. I mean, right. I know it's probably the best time to get things, but you're also in shock. So things will probably come back to you. Uh, and it seems like anytime the police are like, in a situation like that, when you're trying to find somebody who has attacked your loved one, you would want to talk to them as much as possible. Like I'd be calling right. every day. Like, have you found him? Have you found him? Have you found him? Have you found him?
1: Right. And you'd think you I mean, luckily, I, I have no personal frame of reference to anything similar, but you'd feel like you'd want to try to retell it, retell it, thinking of maybe like the more times you tell it, you remember something else or like mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you kind of process it. There's some, some bit of information that as your mind is clearing, getting away from the shock and the adrenaline's wearing off, maybe you remember something else.
0: Right. Maybe you remember it wasn't actually you know a black hoodie, but it was dark green or blue or whatever. Whatever. So while the police are investigating the unknown assailant, they also admit Nick is not, has not, was not, never has been eliminated as a a suspect. His attorney, Joe, defends him, saying he believes Nick was, quote, a victim and not a perpetrator. Now we know in crimes like this, we've talked about this before, we will talk about it every single time, the first suspect is always, always, always the spouse, usually with good reason. So Nick denies that he has anything to do. He, you know, again, was an unknown person. that broke in. He struggled with them. And accidentally in this struggle, his wife ends up dead. Mm-hmm. Well, while investigating this case, Police find out that the house that the couple had moved into in 2007 on Minnehaha was actually in foreclosure. Nick told police that they had not told any family or friends, but they had planned to that very day. Further investigation uncovered some even more interesting facts. Nick had actually been hiding the fact that the home was in foreclosure and had been for 10 months. And the young couple were set to be evicted on April 20th. 6th the next day the house was in a sheriff's foreclosure sale in june of 2009 so the very next day they were to be evicted assistant county attorney elizabeth Lehman revealed that despite having to be out on monday april 26, there was no sign that there had been any packing done there was no evidence of any house arrange housing arrangements where the two were supposed to stay so you see, it's looking real shady.
1: Yeah. And it begs the question, like, what? I mean, this was a cold case.
0: Right. So the Fergus's insurance agent and family friend, Kurt Brown, received a notice around the same time that the couple's home insurance had been canceled because of foreclosure. Kurt said he was concerned for his friend, friends, Heidi, and, of course, um, Nick, but he had actually known Heidi her whole life because he'd gone to college with her parents. So Kurt said he he reached out to Nick and Nick told him, oh, a teller or somebody at the bank has stolen my paychecks. And he said he was working to resolve the issue with the bank. It's not a big deal. It'll get fixed. Right. Kurt said in an interview, I remember thinking, I've been in this business long enough to know that you don't go into foreclosure because a teller steals your paychecks.
1: Yeah, it takes takes a bit more than that. It's a lot of paychecks to steal.
0: Right. He was also convinced that if Heidi had known how dire the circumstances were, she would have reached out to her family for help, with full knowledge that her parents would have offered her a helping hand.
1: Yeah, and, or the church, or the you know school. I mean, they're,
0: exactly because like, they were very yeah. active. It seems like it's a very. They were very. In a very tight community there, like with the church and their friend group and things like that. So I can't imagine why someone wouldn't have said, hey, look, we'll help out.
1: Or it would have been, you know, somebody would have known, you would have thought, you know.
0: Right. So the month before her death, Heidi talked about downsizing and that they were looking for an apartment to save money to buy another house in the future where they would raise their family. Sorry. For Heidi, there seemed to be no signs of trouble whatsoever. The couple had even taken a trip to Hawaii earlier that year in February. Heidi told her mom that Nick was getting a bonus at work that was paying for the trip. Seven days before Heidi's death and eight days before her unknown eviction from that house, Heidi had invited her friend, Christina Gibbs, over. Christina is, remember we referenced... Uh, insurance agent, Kurt Brown, that's his Mm -hmm. daughter. And they have been friends their whole life. She had invited Krista over for a game of badminton. Heidi told her that she had just gotten that set for the backyard. On April 24th, 2010, one day before Heidi's death, a friend remembered seeing new sleeping bags in her living room in preparation for summer camping. This in no way sounds like someone who's aware of any financial troubles, let alone a foreclosure.
1: You don't buy a new bad minute set for the yard you're not going to have.
0: Right. So we said this before, there were no visibly packed boxes in the house. Heidi and an unnamed friend of hers who in interviews that I read wished to remain anonymous, they said that they, they had come over to the house The day before and they went out to Mall of America and Heidi was her typical quote bubbly and positive self she talked about wanting a hamburger for dinner and she was going to get a pedicure the next day her friend said she dropped her off at home about six o'clock that evening all was well nothing seemed to miss at Heidi's funeral Nick described his grief as homesickness And in a Facebook post, he wrote, ever since Heidi and I were married, I realized there were days when I was at work where I just felt homesick, not for my house, but to be where Heidi was. So police have an unknown suspect. They have Nick. And this case goes cold. They're looking for tips, but it it just goes cold because they can't really prove that Nick did it, even though he's not been eliminated. They can't find this unknown suspect. So this case goes cold for 11 years. On May 19th of this year, and now 38-year-old Nick Fergus was arrested by SWAT and taken into custody on a sealed arrest warrant. So we don't know exactly what they have. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was booked into Ramsey County Jail on suspicion of murder. He faces one felony count of second degree murder. His bail set at $3 million. His next court appearance is on July 1st. In addition to the foreclosure of the house, the couple also owed the bank $1,700 and had a $17,000 debt on an REI credit card, which I had to look that up because I wasn't sure what it was, but it's recreational equipment incorporated yeah. which makes sense you know the camping equipment and, and the sleeping bags and yeah. all that
1: it's like a, it's like a cabela's or like a dick sporting goods
0: probably it's where the, they got the sideways. badminton table and stuff like that yeah
1: and then the camping stuff and the new the new sleeping bags
0: right so investigators were unable to locate any unidentified unidentifiable dna on the shotgun when it was tested you know, the shotgun that was held by the alleged intruder. Mm -hmm. There also wasn't any sufficient DNA around the doorway that was said to have been broken into. Investigators also stated that the trajectory of the bullet that hit Heidi did not match up with any of the multiple accounts of what Nick said occurred. Mm. Now, we talked previously about how Nick said he struggled with the intruder. However, there was a small table just inside the front door that was completely undisturbed. You would think in the midst of a struggle, that house would have been trashed, especially yeah, like I right mean, in the doorway.
1: Like my apartment looked trash when I was trying to get a lime scooter out of it last night. <laughs> <laughs> like I came back in and somebody would have been like, mm, something happened here.
0: Right. So if you were in a struggle with someone, I mean, just imagine the, 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 the chaos. So An autopsy of Heidi revealed she died of a single gunshot wound to the back. There was no exit wound. Nick actually remarried two years after Heidi's death in August of 2002. The couple had two children together and divorced in 2019. So the question, why now after 11 years, was he finally arrested? Ramsey County attorney, John Cho, wouldn't get into specific details. Again, remember it's a sealed warrant and Mm -hmm. it's very
1: early. It's only been a week,
0: right? Exactly. And the County attorney said, because it is an active case, they couldn't get into specific details because he hasn't even been to trial yet. You know, they don't want to give away their hand.
1: Right. And there's still, you know, potential jury pools out there. and
0: Right. But what he did say that he said, it came down to Uh, FBI assistance, and he gave credit to St. Paul homicide investigator, Sergeant Nicole Sipes, who took over the case 18 months ago. Attorney Cho said that the information that came back to them, he said the information that came back to us from the FBI that I think helped us better understand what happened. He was referencing enhanced audio from the 911 calls of that day. You got to think, it's 11 years, so technology has really come a long way. And they're able to, you know, single out and identify bits and pieces of audio. The FBI FBI labs in Quantico analyze ballistics, and they are also the ones that enhance the 911 calls. Um, We mentioned her before, Assistant Ramsey County Attorney Elizabeth Lehman. She said that the state believes Nick planned and murdered Heidi. She said, we believe he's a public safety threat. And of course, they are the reason that he has the $3 million bond. Nick Furkus was arrested 4,043 days after the death of his wife, Heidi. Police said they never stopped working the case. Nick always remained a suspect, and they were determined to get justice for Heidi. I can only imagine what his second wife must be feeling right
1: now. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it, it, they were... The, Force, so maybe they're some. Come, I don't not. Yeah, but they have have kids together. They got kids. Yeah, and you know she's thinking
0: this whole time was he wanting to do that to me? Like,
1: whoa! Hmm. And I, I, I can't imagine a relationship can start without talking about the past.
0: Right, and like, how do you explain that away to someone? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess he just said there was an intruder. Yeah. But nobody's been arrested, you know that this person is still a suspect. Do you know that this person or have they portrayed themselves as completely the victim, which he probably did?
1: Right. I mean that's that's that was the the game from the beginning it sounds like.
0: But so we <sighs> don't know the exact like I said because it is still an active case they are still working it and it has not gone to court yet so all the specifics of you know how he got arrested and what they came up with have not been released yet um once he goes to court of course we'll keep you updated but yeah. that is uh the story that you submitted for us last week the story and
1: of- that and that is so crazy that like i literally saw the 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 update about the cold case i was like oh this is really interesting i had completely missed the case when it happened Uh, 11 years ago and then the fact that you know the victim grew up in the same town went would have gone to the same high school if i'd gone to public school it was literally like a mile from my house when i know people that were at northwestern at the same time uh so that is just wow it's kind of crazy how that happened i had no idea there were that many connections
0: yeah Yeah. When you sent this and then like it started mentioning the high schools and stuff. And I was like, wait a minute. I think you've talked about that area before.
1: Yeah. No, up until uh, September, I lived uh, in Roseville. So uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty crazy.
0: Wow. Fortunately, he has been arrested and, you know, we hope that justice for Heidi is served and he goes yeah, to jail. He's facing, uh, I believe, it's forty years.
1: And, and complete uh, credit or kudos or uh, respect or thanks go to the you know the detective that took over eighteen months ago and and uh, the FBI and whatever they were able to do. Uh, it, it so often it, it feels like some of these cases we hear. And often they're like older cases, you know, 1800s, 1900s, 30s, 40s, 50s, where people end up doing this multiple times before they get caught. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, it is somewhat comforting that this was able to, uh, the truth was able to at least come out and we'll learn more as it continues. The case continues to, to go through the courts.
0: Yeah. I Again, I am happy that there's some, there's got to be some relief Heidi's family um, knowing that he because I'm I'm pretty sure they suspected him all along too from what I read Um, you know so there's got to be some relief but I'm sure they're you know going to be on pins and needles until this trial is over
1: uh, uh, it's just crazy that is a very crazy uh, disturbing story
0: I mean the fact that (laughs) The fact that they were going to be evicted the very next day.
1: Right. And And not a a single
0: box had been packed. You know, she didn't know.
1: uh, And and everything you you mentioned, the friends that she talked to, her attitude, inviting people over to. I mean, does not seem like she had any clue uh, as to the trouble financially they were in uh, or the potential trouble that she was in with with her husband.
0: I don't understand why people can't just be honest. Like, okay, yeah, she would have been upset or disappointed, but I'm sure she would have much rather have been disappointed than
1: murdered. Yeah, and it, I mean, I I, it, I am not a psychologist. Uh, I do not even pretend to be a armchair one. But if you if it's someone that you refer to as your your home, like when you, you're not with her you you wish you could be how can you imagine being without her for eternity
0: right I uh, just I i hope many 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 bad things for him
1: <laughs> yeah and I'm again just thankful or I don't even know what the, the right word is uh, for the continued efforts of the law enforcement to get more information and to event you know it seems like they finally found something that was able to push the uh, the case to to an arrest so
0: i am, uh, i am going to be following this heartbreak. because i want to know what it was that finally said to them we've got enough to arrest him
1: yeah when when this and, and it seems like you know probably be a, a year or year and a half before it gets to to uh, trial I'm, I'm sure there will be lots of coverage
0: yeah yeah well there you go that is the local for adam b side
1: yeah i don't i don't know if i'm gonna suggest any stories again like, <laughs> i didn't have to do all the research but i am sufficiently disturbed
0: <laughs> good thing is he's in custody and he's in in jail do you know where that jail is
1: uh which which one is he in
0: uh he is in the hold on let me look and tell you again Ramsey County.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's just right downtown St. Paul. Okay. okay. Yeah, not, not too far from where I was this afternoon. So.
0: <laughs> oh, I should have told you that. Then <laughs> now, whenever you're down there, you're gonna be like, oh. <laughs> wow,
1: well, I mean, it's just it's uh it's, it's a it's a very disturbing story, uh, but again, thankfully. Uh, Hopefully, this is going to come to a conviction and we'll be behind bars for a very long time. And hopefully, as as they said, uh, this man will no longer be a danger to the community. Yeah.
0: Well, there you go. That is the B-side. And um, of course, before we get out of here, I want to let you know that you can um, support the show several ways. Do you remember all the ways, Adam?
1: Uh, yes, you can buy us a coffee. You can get some merch on a side, b side, uh, dot squarespace dot site.
0: <laughs> Close, a side, b podcast dot square dot site. Oh man, I was like,
1: I'm so proud of myself for, for a second. <laughs> and then and then the best life plans of mice and men came rushing back in our <laughs> room. For me. Uh, yeah, so buy us a coffee, uh, go to the website, you can get some merch, uh, go to YouTube, we are uh, on there, you can stream the episodes on all of your favorite streaming devices or networks or places platforms. like uh, iTunes, platforms is, the, is a good word for those, uh, like Apple Podcasts, you can get on there and rate us, that'd be great, we're on the Spotify, um, we're also uh, available on other platforms (laughs) stitcher
0: um also
1: oh yeah stitcher yeah it's that's that special network for for cross stitch (laughs) Uh,
0: again another way you can is you can get merch i think you you did mention that merch and debating this i'm sending this to you right now debating this i'm gonna get your opinion like right now live ish you tell me what you think. on air
1: production meeting
0: <laughs> and uh, adding some more merch to the website but of course we've got t-shirts we've got uh, sweatshirts which are so comfortable. we've got um, blankets puzzles. You, you, you
1: had mentioned potential dog items earlier and since yes. we both have dogs and they often make themselves known during the podcast. Yes
0: we do have some dog items. That i've created so those are available uh, i need to check the website but if they're not available i'll make sure they're available as well <laughs> so um what do you think i just sent you something
1: oh you just sent me something. i i was waiting for it to be on air but now hold on um that, yeah that's uh... why i'm
0: getting your reaction on air
1: oh yeah i like it
0: okay
1: i like that yeah
0: the idea for a new we... t-shirt
1: yes that's, that's a good one Uh, If you didn't know, uh, Brooke is not only the uh, technical brains behind the podcast, but she creates all of our merchandise. Uh, So if you have checked out any of it uh, and you'd like it, uh, that is full credit to Brooke. Uh, I do things like say, yeah, or sometimes I like a post on our social media saying, this is a good thing. Uh, So all of the design goes back to Brooke. uh, And I'm basically a yes man. (laughs) Because, yes, I like that.
0: All right. So some new merch coming. Uh, surprise. We'll tell you about it next week when I get it ready. And there you go. So that's another episode of A-Side B-Side Podcast. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Brooke. As always, thank you for listening to A-Side, B-Side Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please, if you don't mind, head on over to Apple and leave us a rating or a review. And if you'd like to continue to support the podcast, you can do so by heading on over to Patreon, or you can buy us a coffee, as well as buying merch on our website, A-Side, B-Side, From Adam and I at A-Side, B-Side Podcast, please remember to wear your mask, social distance if you're around people that don't live in your household, and just be safe and happy. Thanks again from us here at A Side B Side Podcast.